Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly Drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. Yeah, basically we're just regular dudes drinking irregular beers, talking about Magic the Gathering, and in particular the online client Magic the Gathering Arena. That's right, and we have a pre-game episode for Olivia Voldaren's wedding. Woo! Uh, you know, because b- before you go to a party, or a wedding, if we can call a wedding a party, but uh, you, you should pregame a little bit, right? My wife didn't like it when I called our wedding a party. <laughs> uh, I think for other people's weddings, it's fine. That's true. Maybe not Olivia's wedding. She might be really pissed about <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> if there's ever to be a bridezilla, you know. Yeah, there could be some uh, dire consequences there, I, I think, for sure. Uh <laughs> Oh, but first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right, this week I brought Hills Vienna Lager. That's made at a brewery called Caledon Hills, which I'd never heard of before, so that's why I picked it up. Um, Based on the can, it says it's a small family brewery, family-owned brewery, and this is their first beer. So this is their... Their first segue into the beer brewing, uh, professional beer brewing market, I suppose. It's 5%. It's a lager. Nice. All right. That's exciting. Yay. Love new breweries. That's always good. Uh, so I brought this week, uh, it is a beer that's f- from Refined Fool, which we had done their um, Zane Lost His Avocado Bag, I think. Right. They did that one. So they, they always have wacky names. And this one is called, And Then Bernice Flipped the Canasta Table. Uh, <laughs> a freaking Bernice, man. Um, it is a East Coast DIPA, and it has a picture of like an older lady looking kind of crazy with some uh, squiggly vertigo lines around it. And uh, boy, is it crazy because it is 8.2%. Woohoo! Oh, man. Oh, boy. I'm bringing the big guns as usual on accident. Yeah, mine's just five. I don't know if I mentioned that, but. <laughs> <laughs> you did. But thank you for helping balance out the night because otherwise. Yeah, it's gonna get messy, and we gotta, we gotta, you know, we want to put a buzz on, but not so much so that we're gonna ruin the wedding when we get there, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It, we just need like a light pregame with a, you know, maybe some shots or something. But oh, we'll definitely be doing shots. I, I think so. I think so. Uh, but anyway, this brewery actually, I found out that um, it's in Sarnia, Ontario, but they started out as a backyard beer club, which is pretty cool. They have uh, quite a few people that are part of their like directors or owners so it was just cool to see oh wow that's like just like a bunch of friends brewing beer uh sounds sounds really cool to me magic news hey jeff guess what what there's an arena open in december oh yeah but guess what format uh historic no standard no well i'm out of ideas oh well it's draft what (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> they had promised us a draft arena open, and it's finally coming. And, fun enough, it's on the same weekend as the Innistrad Championship. So, um, well, Magic that really Weekend. That my interest. None of the pros are going to be there? None of the pros. Some of the pros. Maybe, maybe <laughs> all the pros. I'm pretty sure Seth Manfield <laughs> said he wanted to uh, double Q. So, uh, <laughs> Can I beat half a Seth Manfield? Probably not. No. So I mean, it's not even going to be a close one. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say, like, we might have a shot because, like, they might be preoccupied and that'd be helpful, but 
but no, we'll, we'll have to see. But it does seem like a good weekend to take off work. It's going to be December 4th and 5th, I believe. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do and just watch Magic while playing Magic and trying to win $2,000. Sounds great. Also, Jeff, did you see we got a preview card? In our in the in our email, I know. Yeah, Wizard sent us a preview card. They did, um, and it was just to so us. Exciting. They didn't send it to anyone else. Well, you know, I'm starting to lose faith in that, given that <clears throat> we haven't actually spoiled our card yet, and everyone seems to know about it. Yeah, I I was waiting to. I was like, I thought that people would have to hear it from us, but I guess Jeff, do you want to? Yeah. Do you have our preview card up? Do you want to read it for everybody? Oh, I have it. Okay. This is Kaya Geist Hunter. Whoa. Three loyalty, Planeswalker for one black white. Plus one, creatures you control gain death touch until end of turn. Put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature you control. Mm. Minus two, till end of turn. If one or more tokens would be created under your control, twice that many of those tokens are created instead. And the ultimate, the bar by which all Planeswalkers are judged. Of course. Minus six. Exile all cards from all graveyards, then create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying for each card exiled this way. Wow. I just want to say uh, thank you so much to Wizards for giving us this preview card and um, <laughs> letting us uh, announce it on our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, the real story is that Wizards uh, sent that to everyone in their emails. Um, but yeah, we're just on their mailing list. Yeah, yeah. We, it's because we did the, the we gave our, the, we gave them their our email for the championship pick your champion right. thing. <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie. I thought for a second that I just saw a preview card and it's an email from Wizards. I was like, wait, really? Wait, what? That can't be. We didn't even try to get one of these. Anyway, so um, everyone got it. You probably got it too, but uh, uh, it felt really exciting for a moment. <laughs> even though I already knew they like decide all that shit way in advance. Too. Yeah, and like we would have been on the list of people that you're supposed to be seeing previews from. and um, Right. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Kaya. But Geist you're Hunter. welcome for your exclusive, well, pseudo-exclusive preview card. Yeah, we only showed it to you. A week after you've already seen it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, but Jeff, let's get into the nitty gritty or the big picture. I mean, that's what I really want to talk about. Um, so uh, maybe the best place to start. What is this set all about? Yeah, so this is, we're still on Innistrad. Uh, spoiler alert, I think you already knew that. And it is <laughs> Olivia Voldaren's wedding. And we finally know who the groom is. Finally, Gosh. after all these guesses. And, I know. You know. We did guess a lot. Should we go through some of our guesses of who we thought the groom was going to be throughout the, the course? Yeah, of course. All right. Well, obviously, uh, we first thought it was going to be Sorin, because mm -hmm. that makes sense. That was, that was one guess. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, the rest of them are f very wild <laughs> guesses, but, you know. Who was our second guess? I don't know. I think uh, at some point, I guessed it could be Arlen Cord. That would have been a fun okay. one. Okay. Um, yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I think uh, we, we talked about Teferi at some point, trying to figure out why he was mm -hmm. even on Innistrad at all. I thought it was Klaus, for sure. Um, I think his, I thought his death was fake, which I'm still holding on to, you know? Yes. Maybe he comes back in the party. We, we should make sure to scan all of the vampire cards to see if he, his face is in the background. Because I definitely, yeah, exactly. I definitely know what he looks like. <laughs> from Klaus Falconrath, yeah. Just make sure you look to keep an eye out for Klaus Falconrath. Yeah, 
Um, I haven't seen the last of him, I guarantee. I don't think so. You know, he's just (laughs) pretending to be a scarecrow, uh, deviously covered up. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so through all that, I think I made a couple more random uh, uh, groom choices that didn't make any sense. But it's, uh, (laughs) it's another person that kind of makes sense, but not super. Jeff, who's the groom? Edgar Markov. Yeah. Soren's grandfather? Yes. So Soren's really fucking old. So then his grandfather <laughs> is like the oldest. Yeah. I think he's one of the like eternal or like original vampires on Innistrad. I'm pretty sure he is the original vampire. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one who started all the... He, well, he started his family and then that branched into all the other ones. And he's been sleeping in a coffin for like 600 years. So, <laughs> and he's getting married. He's getting married. Yeah. Anyway, let's just blow past that because I'm just excited to go to the party. It's going to be great. Um, yeah. But, uh, Jeff, we have some uh, new and returning mechanics uh, that we're getting for this set. But let's start with the new ones because, you know, why not? The old ones are old. The new ones are, well, new. Even the old ones have some new spins to them. It's but, true. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's start with the brand, the newest of the new. Okay. Training. So training uh, is a mechanic. It's an aggressive mechanic where you put a plus one, plus one counter on the thing with training if you attack with a creature with greater power. So for those that played any guilds of Ravnica or Ravnica Allegiance, I can't quite remember, uh, would everyone had Boros? This, I think it was guilds. I think it was guilds. Uh, this is the opposite. So Boros had Mentor, where if this thing had Mentor and you attack with something with less power, it gives a counter. This is the opposite idea. Instead of the mentor, the keyword mentor being on the bigger creature, it's on the smaller one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so here's an example. Cloaked cadet for green for a 2-4 with training. And then it says whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on one or more humans, you control, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. It, of course, is a human ranger. So the joke here is that you attack with this and a big thing, you get a counter and you draw a card. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty pretty good. Seems pretty good. Um what do you think of training? I think it is fixed mentor. I was not a huge fan of mentor when it came out, uh, just because it there always kind of became a point where you couldn't mentor anymore. Like your creatures were just like, yep. And also like the triggers were weird too, making sure that all of them triggered on top of each other in the right order so that you got all the plus one plus one counters you could get. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do we know the timing on this thing? Like, if I attack with this, and then my opponent, after this triggers, kills the bigger creature, is it, like, too late for them? Do I still get my counter? I still... I uh, I don't know. It might be like a... Because I think it did attack with a creature with greater power, right? And it doesn't say it has to be, like, complete the combat with that. It just... It just triggers if I attack. Yeah, so it so will... you're going to want to kill stuff pre-combat, I think. I think so, too. I think that's right. And then, like, the counter won't double-check afterwards. Um, right. But it will be helpful because it can just be any other creature. And I think this works better on... Obviously, there's a lot of them that were on smaller creatures. And it just seems really awesome to, like, turn one, play a 1-1 one, one, or 1-2 one, with Mentor. Or Mentor, sorry, training. And you're like, sick. I just feel... Yeah excited for this and i think it's going to be a really good mechanic in white because we have luminarch aspirant which gets to do a lot of different stuff where you're moving counters all over the place so i have pretty high hopes for this mechanic actually uh usually plus one plus one counters aren't my most exciting thing but i like that 
I just didn't like Mentor really that much at all. And this feels just drastically better. Yeah, it just feels a bit different too. Because like with a Mentor card, you would only put it in your deck to put counters on other stuff. And sometimes you didn't have anything and whatnot. It just feels better to have something that's fully trained up. Like, oh, it got three counters. Oh no, I can't get any more. Like, that's great. Rather than something that has no nothing left to teach. You know, like yeah. the mentor guy that can't put counters anywhere anymore. And you're like, well, now he's useless. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's super true. Um, I don't know. It just seems, it seems great to me. And I'm, I'm happy, uh, I'm happy we get to have it this. It feels different. Definitely feels different. Exactly. Like, if this thing gets to four power and I can't put counters on it, I'm already super happy with this card. So <laughs> If it gets to two counters, I'm like, sick. This is dope. Yeah. Um, yeah, even just one counter, three, five, drew a card. That's, I'll take that. That's awesome. Um, it's also fun to think about, because we know that there's going to be the double feature draft set with both Innistrad sets together. Mm -hmm. And so I want to see how training will work with Coven and yeah, vice versa. Yeah, that'll make for some weird stuff. It's like, am I supposed to attack and get the counter and lose Coven? Like. <laughs> yeah, or is that how you gain Coven for another for your like contortionist troop or something? Could be really interesting. Mm -hmm. So for sure. uh, I, I'm excited for this. Um, but the, the next mechanic is a controversial one, apparently. Um, <laughs> Extremely controversial somehow. Yeah. So this is Cleave. Um, it's uh -huh. been the talk of the town. Uh, basically, it is a card that has an effect that seems kind of narrow. And then there are brackets around a certain portion of it. And there are two casting costs. So the first one, you just play the spell like you normally would and then the cleave cost mm -hmm. usually costs more and deletes every word that's in the square brackets so as an example we're going to use wash away which is a single blue mana for an instant and it says counter target spell that wasn't cast from its owner's hand that's in brackets that wasn't cast in its owner's hand and it has cleave mm -hmm. for one blue blue so this is our cancel variant for the set and I, I don't know. I like this idea. I think a lot of people hate it. And I... Some people really hate it. Really hate it. <laughs> like, yeah. a lot of people were upset with the... What is it? Even just, like, the fact it was called Cleave. They're like, it should have been called Edit or Erase or, or all these other random things. And I'm like, I don't know. I think it's, it's great to me. Um, it's going to work... It's going to look really good on Arena because they'll give you two choices and you don't mm -hmm. ever have to really worry about doing the wrong thing. But yeah, I don't know. Spells that do two things, and this is a cool different way to, to showcase that. I like it. Yeah, so now that you mention it, this is all I'm thinking about. Like, why is it called Cleave? I'm not sure I see the flavor. but uh, It's because they're I cutting do... out words. <laughs> I see. They're cleaving mm -hmm. out, they're out the things in brackets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a bit dubious flavor-wise. But um, yeah, like when I first saw the mechanic, I was a little like wondering why they're doing this. Um, just because it seemed like it's really just kicker. But after seeing more of the set, you kind of understand that it is functionally, like fundamentally different than kicker for a yeah. few reasons. Like it's more akin to what you were saying, like modal cards. It's basically split cards that have some sort of relationship that connects them, that allows them to write it in yeah. in this sp specific way. So, for example, we have Path of Peril as well, one black-black, cleave, four white-black, destroy all creatures, and then 
with mana value two or less. You can't write that as a kicker card because mm -hmm. you can't change a spell that was double black to one that is now just single black with kicker. So it's like it was a double black spell, but if I play the cleave cost, it's white black. It's not white black black, mm -hmm. right? So there's no additional cost you could make to have that be your cleave cost. Um, so it really is mo a lot more like uh, split cards. Yeah. Uh, that they've just kind of done in a sort of different way. I mean, like, yeah. it is like a syntax yeah. thing, right? So I, I, so I do see the comparisons with Kicker, because everyone says every mechanic is kinker, Kicker. Kinker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, and the split cards make sense, too, because it's like two different spells with different casting costs and everything. But it initially makes me think of Overload, and I was surprised no one was really talking about this, just because Overload mm -hmm. cards are the same weird syntax stuff where it's like replace a word in the sentence with a different word, which is kind yeah, of what yeah, this is like, except for it's like just mm -hmm. a take out, cut out the words that we don't want you to use. Um, oh man, I can't wait for the card with cleave and overload. Right? It's so confusing. <laughs> um, it's just like so many different modes that... <laughs> it's like you have to like target something and definitely the word like target has to be in some of the brackets so, the so then yeah there has to be two <laughs> targets one in brackets one not in brackets and then depending on if yeah. you do both or not um because it also has entwined so then <laughs> yeah um but uh i think they're pretty interesting um i'm excited to see them of course i don't know if it's just because people aren't playing on arena like we do and so all these things become super easy and not confusing so right um which is great it's, it's another, definitely a bit a bit weird right it's definitely um, weird but like there's weird mm -hmm. things magic does and at the beginning i was like this is hard to read and now that i've read all of them i'm like it's not confusing it at all <laughs> i'm like yep yeah it's pretty clear to me what the card what both modes of the card do, do you know there's nothing where i'm like uh -huh. wait which one what does this do i'm confused I don't really have that problem. So there's even some fun cards that like, you know, the X one that I, I can't remember the name of, but it's like if you pay its normal cost, X is like the number of creatures you control. Mm -hmm. But the cleave cost has an X in it and replace and takes away that rider that it's the number of creatures you control. Yeah, that's lantern flare. Um, it, mm -hmm. I think another thing is that uh, there's a lot of commander players complaining that it um, a lot of them add colors and so you can't play them in single colored decks or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, which I'm like, eh, whatever. It's, I don't know. It's a, yeah, like, it's a blue green card. I don't what know. Do you, I don't know. What if they just printed a gold card that you can't play in every green deck? Like, I don't know. That, what does and, that matter? and so there's a lot of that discourse, which I'm like, why, why even talk about this? Anyway. Just don't think of it as a green card for commander purposes. Right? Like the fact that it has a green border is the only thing you're complaining about yeah. there. So I, I don't know why I brought it up because it frustrates me, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and one of these I think is super interesting is inspired idea, which is two and a blue for a sorcery. And it has cleave three blue blue, but it says draw three cards. Your maximum hand size is reduced by three for the rest of the game. That seems like a pretty fun card to me because you could three mana draw three cards. That sounds awesome, right? Yep. <laughs> and then maybe the that's well above rate. Yeah, and then you know having a lower maximum hand size could totally be great in that deck if you're trying to get stuff in the graveyard. So um, I don't know. It just I'm happy for it. I'm I'm glad we have it. It's a new tool. Um, I don't know if they're going to bring it back because the, I, I think people have to play with it before they start really being pissed off about it. But 
Um, I think it's going to be classic. I think it's going to be something that people will switch their minds about. And initially they're complaining now, but, um, when we go on through sets, they're going to be like, actually, I like that. That was cool. So when I first saw it, I was a bit dubious, but now that the whole set is out, I'm, I think I'm pro cleave. I yeah. think this will play out in a, in a nice way. I think there are a lot of cards that I see that's like, you're almost always going to pit play one of the modes like way more than the other. Yeah. But, uh, the, yeah. So <coughs> the, the one thing about it is that, um, and this happens with a, a lot of those cards, right? Where, yeah, that's just how split cards and kicker cards tend to work or whatever, like an overload cards. It's like, you're really just always going to, you put it in your deck. So it would do the better version or, right. or in some cases with these, it's like, no, you, you, you're playing it for the worst version because it's really cheap and it does what you mm -hmm. need it to do. So, um, or sorry, quote unquote, worst version, but I'm excited for people to, to realize they were wrong about cleave and come onto our side. Cause I was on board from the very first card I saw, I was like, fuck yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> the one thing that was confusing me is a lot of the people that were complaining that it's just kicker are also people that. Like, I've talked about how they love Kicker. Mm -hmm. It's, like, so great. <laughs> like, they're giving you, a you know, a mechanic that you like. <laughs> That's good. I don't know. Seems good to me. Um, but anyway, let's, let's stop talking about Cleave and let's move on to some other interesting new stuff. All right. Next up, we have Blood Tokens. So, Zach, the vampires did not get Madness. I know. It's not their mechanic. I have... <sighs> but they did get Blood Tokens. Mm -hmm. Uh, so let's look at our example. Gluttonous guest, two and a black for a vampire, one, four. When it enters the battlefield, create a blood token. And whenever you sacrifice a blood token, you gain a life. So what is a blood token? It's an artifact that you can pay one, tap it, and discard a card and sacrifice it to draw a card. Uh, so it's kind of like, it, I think the first thing everyone will think of is a clue. I'll think like mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a bad, bad clue because it uh, rummages instead of just drawing, drawing a card, card. <laughs> yeah um but it costs half as much uh yeah but these there's in that same vein of like clue you know this all the stuff they've been doing with the food and the treasure and mm -hmm. then the clues lately uh, it's another artifact token yes um i mean how do how do you feel about them i i feel like i have kind of mixed feelings that aren't very so strong. it's gonna depend a lot on the enablers, like look mm -hmm. at this card, for example, it gains a life when you sack a blood token. I expect to see a lot of that stuff because blood tokens are pretty bad. Like like you said, this is so much worse than drawing a card, mm -hmm. right? Creating a blood token is, is just, you know, creating a clue is worse than drawing a card by quite a bit. And this is worse than creating a clue yeah. by quite a bit. How, how so, close is it to like scrying, do you think? scry because you get to it's sort of like scrying right because you get to get rid of a bad card and replace it with a good one yeah and but yeah. but with this way you would actually get to have it in your hand immediately but you also have to have something to get rid of yeah i would say like if this said etb scry one it would be worse than etb create a blood token i think yeah like on average yeah i would say blood tokens are probably better than scry yeah, Why? especially because I think they know they know that blood tokens aren't really strong. Now, sorry, just aren't very good. Um, right. To be fair, that's what we thought about Decayed Zombies last time. And in draft, they ended <laughs> yeah. up being pretty good. And there are, I don't know how many of them are uncommon or common, but there are a lot of cards that do other things with your blood tokens. Uh, most notably, turning them into creatures. 
So yeah, totally. So that's where this mechanic's really going to pay off. Like it's a very synergistic mechanic. You're going to want your blood token deck and you mm-hmm. want to have your blood token innate creators and your blood token like payoffs. And this is one of, I mean, it does both because you do get a little bit of a payoff when you do those. I don't know how much um, like uh, gain life synergies are in the, in the format, but um, just the yeah. fact that it has both on it is really nice. Yeah. I, I'm thinking right now of blood tokens as like this ability to sack them to loot is like backup plan. You know, okay. if I have nothing going on, I'll, I'll use my blood tokens for this. A little bit like attacking with decayed zombies. Mm-hmm. Like, you never really did it. You just had them around, and they changed the game by giving you battlefield presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping that... That's what I'm imagining blood tokens kind of play out as. Like, you're, you're not going to actually sack them to to rummage that often. You're mostly going to be using them as, as sort of battlefield presence. I think that's a good way of looking at it, too. Um, because, you know, we, there are graveyard synergies and things like that. So it will be helpful to, sometimes you do want to get things into the graveyard. Um, yeah, you'll sack these more than you would randomly attack with decay tokens. Yeah, example. but it's, yeah. it's not the same. If there was madness in the set, they would be like, oh, this is a really helpful right. way. This is a one mana discarded <laughs> card, which is what you really want in madness stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. because we don't have those cards, it's just not as powerful. Um, but it is important to note, like, you will have a blood deck. You will never have a cleave deck. Cleave is not a deck. Right. Right? Cleave are just cards. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no cleave deck. Yeah, unless exactly. you're just someone who's trying to piss off your opponent. <laughs> so, like, what the fuck is this? Five mana, or sorry, five color cleave? What, did I just lose to five color cleave? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Taking shots. Five color cleave is going to be the best deck in draft. Oh, that's a shot. I'm just kidding. Holy that's God. not it. That's not it. No, I'm not doing that. Um, I think we'll, we'll have to see uh, because there are obviously a lot of reasons why I think that these won't be good, but there's also a couple that make it like they could be pretty good. It's like you alluded to with the decayed though. Like this is the type of mechanic that is always a little better than you think it is. Mm-hmm. I was going in really low on decayed last time, so I'm going to go on pretty medium for blood. Like I, I could see it surprising us um yeah and i don't think anyone's super low i even remember it, so. the first time i saw clues i was like what the hell is that i gotta pay two to like draw a card mm-hmm. that sucks and then you play with them you're like oh clues are pretty good they're, they're pretty good it's just like kind of f- free so um, the fact that it's like a relevant like it's an artifact on the battlefield actually matters sometimes and stuff and yeah sacks, you know synergies and stuff like it's just enough random little things that add up yeah and if you have our preview card out on the battlefield you could minus two and get twice as many blood tokens. Double your blood tokens. What, what? You can also give them death touch. Just <laughs> kidding. They're not creatures, but they could be creatures sometimes yeah. with certain other cards. You could make it happen. Combos. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I don't know. It is funny that Modern Horizons 2 came out and there were a, a, like a ton of cards that were specifically talking about treasure, clue, and food. And now blood is just right. going to be outside of that. Blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's for Modern Horizons 3, man. Exactly. Now they're going to have cards that talk about all of them. Or they're going to give them a new subtype, which is a type of artifact. Anyway, um, let's keep moving on to some new mechanics for Arena. So Mm -hmm. we have an old mechanic that was from Dragons of Tarkir. uh, But it's going to be on Arena for the first time, um, which is great. Because I think this is a really fun mechanic, and I'm happy to have it here. So this is Exploit. 
Uh, it's on creatures and it says when this creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. And then it always has an exploit ability. So, uh, so. our example is Fell Stinger, which is two and a black for a three, two zombie scorpion with death touch and exploit. And it says when Fell Stinger exploits a creature, target player draws two cards and loses two life. Oh, I love this card. This seems wow. great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to play this in some of my in one of my constructed decks at some point. That's, that's the shot I'll make. <laughs> yeah, well cuz the great thing about exploit is that it can you can exploit your, the creature that has exploit. So because you right. can like So you can just cast this as like Knight's Whisper if you want to. Exactly. Um it's a sorcery speed one, but it's also a recurrable one. So Mm-hmm. That's helpful. Um, I don't know. This seems this seems awesome. Yeah, totally. I've been playing some uh, mono black uh, control, and this could be a fun card with uh, blood in the snow, just as a great target to bring back from the graveyard. <laughs> just something mm-hmm. that's like, you yeah, know what? Not bad. This creature draws me cards right away. That's awesome. I'm gonna choose like this card is very similar to like Muldrifter because you could evoke Muldrifter to just draw two cards, yeah. right? And this sort of has evoke if you want it to but it has better evoke because if you have a crappier creature around you can get rid of that that's true um it doesn't have the same abusable ability where you can just flicker it all the time you can but you have to have a bunch of fodder for it but still i don't know i like it also it's a fucking huge Um, scorpion look at this thing (laughs) it's a zombie i was about to say and it's a zombie scorpion so it's instant yeah well it goes into zombie decks but it also killed a horse what yeah it's the same size as it's like the same size as a horse look at it it's like (laughs) unless that's a maybe that's a tiny horse or like a pony but come on like that's still a really scary scorpion (laughs) since when did innistrad have giant insects i guess whatever you know you learn something new every day that's right uh did you play any dragons of tarkin i did not but i heard that exploit was a pretty good mechanic unit yeah, it was one of my favorite mechanics from that. Really? Uh, That's surprising set. to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sacrifice synergy. Uh, okay. Yeah, but it is it is better than you think because what the thing that I wanted to mention is that you get like all of these things say, oh, whenever I exploit a creature, but then there's, there are going to be some that say whenever anything exploits a creature, mm-hmm. and that's when you really start to go off. Like there's going to be the uncommon ones that'll say... Anytime you exploit a creature, uh, I think one of them makes a 2-2 or yeah. something. And it's like, then you have one of those, and then this comes in, it sacks something, makes a 2-2, draws two cards. It just gets, like, really crazy with itself. Um, so it does play a little bit, you know, combo-y with the, you want ways to make creatures worth sacrificing, and then you want a bunch of exploit creatures. Um, but when you get it, like, chaining them together, it really starts to go mm. up. Yeah. That's that just seems great. I'm, I'm very. It is a lot of fun for one of the players. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for zombies. Um, should be pretty sweet. There is a lot of good zombie stuff in the set. Again, look at that. You know what's really fun with exploit? A mechanic from the last set. Decayed. Decayed zombies. <laughs> wow. Just more reasons why double feature seems like it's going to be awesome. And if it's not on arena, I will scream. Oh, it better be on Arena. Why it wouldn't has it to. be? <laughs> it has to be like a weekend thing where I get to play it all the time. Um, 
Yeah. All right, so uh, let's keep moving along. We have some returning mechanics from the last set. Um, so not nearly as exciting, uh, but the only reason I want to talk about a couple cards, mainly because of the name of this next one. Um, <laughs> so we have... Uh, oh, wait, this is a card for you. You, you read this card. <laughs> you, I made you read this okay. card. <laughs> I was like, why is he so excited about Wolfkin Outcast? Um Daybound, Nightbound is the returning mechanic. So the name Zach was interested in is the front side of this card for mm -hmm. sure. Wolfkin, Outcast. Oh, five so and a green flavorful. for a 5-4. Cost two less to cast if you control a wolf or a werewolf. Uh, Daybound, so we'll remind you that means when you play this, it's day. Uh, if somebody passes their turn without casting any spells, it becomes night, and all Daybound cards flip to Nightbound. Two spells makes it flip back. You're, you all know this. But the back side of the card is a 6-5. Whenever Wedding Crasher or another wolf or werewolf you control dies, draw a card. The back side of this card is called Wedding Crasher. <laughs> wedding Crashers. Sick. Like, like us. Like us. We're the Wedding Crashers. So, all right. So, who's Vince Vaughn and who's Owen Wilson? I'll let you pick. <sighs> that... Now, to be fair, I don't really remember how that movie goes. I haven't seen it in a while. So I don't know if, if one of them gets like really screwed. I feel like some bad stuff does happen to one. Um, <laughs> they both have some bad stuff happen to them. I think in the end, they both good things happen in the end. Um, but okay, uh, Vince Vaughn is the one who's kind of tormented the whole time and wants to leave. And mm -hmm. Owen Wilson's the one that wants to stay to be with the girl that has a fiance already, um, which is Bradley Cooper. Ooh. Uh, I think I haven't, oh, so yeah. to be fair, I haven't watched this movie in a really long time, so I'm sure, I, I know it's probably super problematic. Like, there's a bunch of things I'm sure that would be horrible. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's going to be one of those ones where you go back to watch it, and you're like, I can't Ooh. believe they, they got Why did I make that. a joke on my podcast about this, this thing? <laughs> but, um, right. um, but yeah, I would, uh, hmm. maybe because... I, I want to take the one that's not trying to sleep with the... The engaged girl said, "I was just gonna give you the one that <laughs> was gonna be Vince Vaughn <laughs> because I have darker hair and you have lighter hair. That's the only reason. That is that is damning evidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so there you go. Um, who is it? Rachel McAdams, I think. And then um, okay, who was the other woman that was? She was like." The whole joke is that she had sex with Vince Vaughn and then she was a virgin, so then she's attached to him the whole movie, which is not... Oh, yeah, this is all coming back, as you yeah, said. Yeah, it's not the best. Uh, later, you find out that she was just joking and she wasn't actually a virgin, and it was just kind of like this weird sex thing. I don't know. Um, and they ended up being having a good relationship later, but throughout the process, it it's not as funny as it might have been when I was younger... Yeah, as it kind of comes back to me, maybe that movie is uh, not the best. But anyway, <laughs> we have a magic card called Wedding Crasher, so of course we have to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> and Daybound, Daybound, Nightbound has not changed. I just hope werewolves suck less in Limited in this set. Than Probably not in Limited, but we have some heavy hitters. There's some crazy, crazy Daybound Night cards that are just like, what? Well, there is, okay, there's one bomb that's like, if you have this card in Limited, like, you're winning. Like, there's no way you lose mm -hmm. if this card gets played, I think. Probably. Maybe. Is that like the, the lady that is more powerful than anything you know, ever? A dragon on her front side? Yeah, so this is. Then she yeah, this is Ava Brooke 
sorry, Avobruck Caretaker is four green green mm -hmm. for a four four human werewolf with hexproof. And it says at the beginning of combat on your turn, put two plus one plus one counters on another target creature you control with daybound. It has daybound, sorry. Yowza. It flips over to Hollowhenge Huntmaster. Wow, that's a mouthful. And uh, it's a 6-6 six, six werewolf with hexproof, <laughs> and it says other permanents you control have hexproof. And it says at the beginning of combat on your turn, put two plus one plus one counters on each creature you control. Yeah, that I'd call that. A that bomb. seems like, a, <laughs> like that card is the one. hexproof too. Just in case you you thought you had a chance of not losing to it, they they tacked on hexproof. exactly. It's like, uh, you know what? You'll have to have a sweeper. You know, like, uh, I guess yeah. there is a couple like make your opponent sacrifice uh, creature stuff, but I don't know. I don't know why it's, they put. It's a good thing this. This caretaker isn't the one crashing the wedding. Yeah, Pia's <laughs> wedding would be. Ruined. I guess, but like. Yeah, she seems so happy. I don't know. Why did they put, like, this freaking bomb in the vampire set when we could have had this sweet bomb in the <laughs> werewolf one? <laughs> like, Good question. At least it's a mythic, so you won't see it as often as you saw, like, Tovelar's yeah. Huntmaster. Except for you probably will <laughs> yeah. just because of luck. <laughs> yeah, you'll see it on the other side of the battlefield. A lot. A lot. Um, all right, let's just get one more before we go to a beer break, but Disturb is back, and I am a... I am so excited for this part of the mechanic oh my god uh -huh. um so of course i had to talk about it i mean I, I thought they made it worse but all right i probably probably they okay they probably <laughs> made it worse but it's so much more exciting to me um so i want to talk about brian comer it's one white blue for a 1-1 one, one spirit. Whenever Brian Comer enters the battlefield or becomes the target of an aura spell, create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. And it has disturb for one and a blue. White and a blue. What did I say? One and a blue. Oh, I okay, well, whatever. White and a blue. <laughs> um, I heard one. I am so. drinking an 8.2% beer, so... Um, I'm definitely ahead of you. And I'm drinking five, so I'm definitely correct. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm just, uh, you know, happy with this. Um, because it says aura spell, and, you know, I love auras. Yeah, you like, you know, yeah. you're like one of those weird people who likes Um So this is the new thing with Disturb, is that every creature with Disturb basically has an aura spell on the other side of it that you play from your mm -hmm. graveyard. And they all basically give the characteristics of the creature that it previously had, or the spirit, sorry, um, because this is kind of like, uh, this is after humans or, or creatures have died, they're spirits, and then when spirits die, they become like, they enchant stuff with their characteristics right, yeah. is the idea. They, they leave behind an aura. Yeah, exactly. Sense. It's really cool. It's, it's pretty sweet. And the aura basically always does what the creature did. So this is an enchantment, uh, enchanted creature. It says whenever Brian Bound Gift enters the battlefield or enchanted creature becomes the target of an aura spell, create a 1-1 one, one white spirit token with flying, and then it exiles um, like all uh, disturbed things do. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just, you know, there are a ton of cards that do, you know, oh, here, here, here's a creature with lifelink, and then your creature gets lifelink, or your creature gets flying, or, or all these kinds of things. So I'm excited to play with that. Or, yes, there's a lot of it. I'm excited. <laughs> it means I'll actually be casting auras in limited for the first time possibly ever. Oh, no, no, no. That, that's, there's no way. You've played Deadweight. Oh, yeah, okay. that's true. That, that... <laughs> 
I did play. I do play those types yeah. of horror. So gotcha. You played Immolation at the beginning mm-hmm. of Midnight Hunt. <laughs> yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> this will not be a mistake. You are going to have so much fun playing Azorius Auras in Draft. Ooh. I do like how it kind of gives it like the mechanic a little more of an aggro feel to it because before it was like very grindy, mm-hmm. uh, and now it's like it's still a little grindy for sure. But it like these blue white flyers decks are just gonna stick an aura on something and beat down, and you're gonna be like, oh, man, I have like two turns yeah. to live. Especially this one that makes the those creatures, um, and I mm-hmm. also just really like how a lot of these decks, like we've said before have the problem of, or, or a dex that's like, you have either the creature or you have the enchantment, and it's hard when you don't have both. And when all of your cards totally. are basically both, you know, you're like, sweet, yeah. Right. I, I can attack in, and then and the other big, my creatures are going to get better, so. Exactly. And the other big problem with auras, especially in limited, is like, you just get blown out, right, if they kill your creature. Mm-hmm. And that feels so bad. Whereas here, you'll be like, well, that aura was quote-unquote free card-wise anyways, because... Either I milled it or I already got value from the front mm-hmm. side. Especially this one that already makes another creature when it enters. So you're like, sweet. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying, yeah. I mean, this could be pretty rough if you're playing against it in limited, but I don't know. I'm just happy to see it. It's, 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 a, I think it's so much better than how they've tried to do things like this in the past. Um, this reminds me a lot of in original Theros with, uh, what right. was that ability? Whatever that was called. <laughs> it, it, it was the ability where, like, they're... Bestow. Bestow. That's what it was. So, you, yeah. like... Your creature is, like, a, a one-mana, one-one death touch or something. But then the bestow cost is, like, four and a black. And then you can enchant a creature and it gets plus one, plus one in death touch. And then when the creatures die, then the aura falls off and becomes the creature that it was before. Which is an interesting way of doing it. But it was so expensive to do it that it just, you couldn't do anything. Like, all those cards are so ridiculously expensive. Like, it's like... Ugh. Yeah, this is a much cleaner way to do mm-hmm. this sort of, to fix the, like, auras yeah. problem. Yeah, and the flavor is so much stronger, like we were just saying. How the last set had mm-hmm. all the, the creatures dying and becoming spirits, and now the spirits are dying and becoming auras. I, I just, I love it. <laughs> I'm excited to lose to it. I'm excited to lose with it. So, um. <laughs> all right, Jeff, we got through all the mechanics, so I think we should uh, keep on moving. Let's go to a beer break, and then we can get to some shots. Doing some shots. Can you tell I just had an eight point two percent beer because I'm feeling it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm ready for the chill part of the evening now where I can have... Ooh, <laughs> this color is really nice on this Vienna Lager. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just meant, let, you know, a 5% feels uh, feels appropriate <laughs> for the time. I'm ready to flip the canasta table, so let's get to it. Yeah. Hmm. Pull a real Bernice. Oh, Bernice. All right, so I was thinking about this. So do you see Bernice in the in the picture there? Uh, everyone, yes. if you want to see what Bernice looks like, please find us on Instagram. Um, however, I'm pretty sure Bernice is actually the name of Kindly Ancestor, which is the common white spell with Disturb. It has lifelink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so from now on, that card is called Bernice. 
And she's knitting her uh, her granddaughter a uh, a cloak or a, a sweater. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the card now. You you nailed it. That's that's Bernice, right? That's, she's definitely flipped a canasta table in her life. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Not as kindly as she'd have you believe. Not if yes. you, not if you try to cheat her at uh, yeah at the table. She will kindly slap you in the face. Oh yeah. boy. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I love that. I do wanted to say that um, the the messages of hope in this set are really nice, right? Like, mm-hmm. there are the last set was a lot of like, kind of brooding. Uh, we we were seeing how slowly everything's getting darker and and get, it's just getting worse and worse. And now we have a lot of these little, like specifically with the white and blue cards with the spirit moments of like, oh, you know. This, this spirit was looking after her granddaughter for so long or um, there's like even a card with like a little baby in a cradle. Like there's some nice little things. You're like, oh, okay. Innistrad does have some little human touches. Like they're, you can find them in little spots yeah. in between the monsters. One of, one of them is like a mischievous kitten as a spirit playing with a ball of yarn. And then the other side is like the, the aura is the yarn and it's called cat-like curiosity. And it's curiosity i love that i think that's so (laughs) it's so good like what a good idea with that um just like i don't know it's so it it is fun just to see the different ways you can play with what spirits could be and this is a really fun take on um how ghosts don't always have to be evil which we already saw a little bit in the last set but this was Mm -hmm. really really exemplifies a lot of those characteristics of like these could be your ancestors looking back on you so um totally and and protecting you which is just a really nice idea (laughs) and i'm just imagining this kitty playing with a ball of yarn and then kaya runs in and just like vacuums her up basically (laughs) slashes the kitten in two she has now she has her her uh, crossbow and she's just shooting (laughs) kittens (laughs) (laughs) or like a kindly grandmother who's eating and kaya kicks the door bernice no watch out it's kaya (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh that's so awful oh poor birdies that's so sad oh god kaya would have felt more at place in the last set maybe but <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know um so we wanted to talk about well we wanted to take some shots really because it's a pre-game i tried to take a shot earlier but uh didn't really work out super well but we're gonna take some shots right now uh, and when I say take shots, I mean talk about things that are very bold about the magic uh, world, you know, a month in the future. Uh, we're not actually taking shots on the show. I know we drink a lot on the show, but I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I can't take just a bunch of shots. I, I'm getting too old. Hey, man, for that. I feel like I'm taking shots with this 8% beer. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I guess I already took my shots earlier. So, you know, now you can just do whatever I want. Like, I'm just chilling. I just have my lugger and I'm just chilling. Yeah, so I was thinking we just talk about a bunch of topics that caught our attention from the cards yeah. that have been spoiled. Do you know what caught uh, my attention? Then, you know what freaking caught my attention? Watsi and their fucking terrible names. Why can they not make a Golgari <laughs> card without the word old in it? Come on. What is this? Yeah, so obviously you're referring to what, old Rutstein? Yeah, um, old... Rootstein? Rootstein. Rutstein? Um, 
I don't really like want those to... four possibilities. Should I read the card? Rex Root I... Steen Stein. Yeah, I guess. I'll, I'll read the card. So it's uh, Old Root Steen is one black green for one four human peasant. When Old Root Steen enters the battlefield or at the beginning of your upkeep, mill a card. If a land card is milled this way, create a treasure token. If a creature card is milled this way, create a 1-1 one, one green insect creature token. And if a non-creature, non-land card is milled this way, create a blood token. Um, so just like a weird mill guy. And he just like stand, he's he's got this big pack with like a weird lantern on him. And he's kind of doing the, he's doing the thing from uh, Resident Evil 4 where he's like, you know, look at my goods. And he's opening his jacket, you know, he's like, look at my guns, come look at him. Um, which Flawless. In any case, he just reminds me of old Sticky Fingers and old Nambone <laughs> from the last two sets. Yeah. This is just a, Watsy, like, come on. Who, who's the old? Is that, is that the shot you're taking that the next set will have a, a legendary creature named old something with green in its cast? Okay. Well, okay. Yes. I'm taking that shot that the next set, like maybe the next, you know, year will have that, especially in Kamigawa because there's a bunch of like, that's the new world. Maybe oh, yeah. they, they have to do it. There. They're going to have some weird old sensei dude, probably. So 100%. Four times in a row, we're gonna get a, a old gar like green card essentially, not necessarily Golgari, but green. Uh, it will be old something in Kamigawa. But holy crap! Come on, Watsi, like, what's going on? And this is nothing compared to old Sticky Fingers, you know. So, yeah, like they're going downhill here. Well, old Nabone was the peak, and then now we're going down. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So. <laughs> A card I never played was the peak of the old series. <laughs> Funnily enough, Old Rutstein or Rootstein is like the tamest name of them all. Because Old Gnawbone sounds kind of dirty and Old Sticky Fingers is really gross. <laughs> so like, Definitely disgusting. <laughs> so like, at least Old Rutstein is like kind of creepy. But like, yeah. <laughs> maybe he gnaws on bones and has sticky fingers. <laughs> 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 Fuck, that's so yeah. gross. I'm sorry. Oh man, they better yeah, they better make some sort of way to combo these guys all together. Yeah. <laughs> At least play he, old tribal. Yeah, that one hundred percent. Okay, next year you're gonna be able to play old tribal in commander. <laughs> you're gonna yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there is enough. You would be able to find it. There must be like a five color commander that's like old somebody, and then every card in the deck has old in it. Yeah. Uh, even like a bunch of cards have mold, so you could say old is in that card. I there like you it. go. Yeah, creeping mold, done. Old. What about something like Secura Tribe Elder? Oh, because he's old? Okay, that's good. That's a commander <laughs> card. There we go. All right, we're cooking with gas. <laughs> yeah, we're cooking with gas. I like that. Uh, anyway, that's my shot. You're going to be able to play an old <laughs> commander deck, old themed commander deck by next year. <laughs> All right, so while we're uh, talking about cards that caught our eyes and, and maybe even peeved us off a little bit, <laughs> next one up for me. Uh, well, maybe before I tell you what card it is, I need to take you back in time. Okay. okay. To uh, X number of years ago when Shadows Over Innistrad was the standard, the most recent standard legal set. All right, I remember. It was like 2013, something like that. Yeah, sound, that sounds about right. I Actually, it might have been later than that, because I think I was in Toronto at the time. But okay. anyways, um, 
And I've only been here like six years. Six. 2015? Six Something like that. Anyway. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Um, one of my favorite cards, and I built a, a whole slew of completely nonsense standard decks around this card, but <laughs> my favorite card probably in the whole set was Crawling Sensation. Okay, so this was a enchantment that whenever you milled over a land for the first time in a turn, or I guess whenever a land goes to your graveyard mm-hmm. from anywhere, it could be from your hand or from your the battlefield or from your library, you would create a 1-1 green insect creature token. And at the start of your turn, you milled yourself for two or three, I forget. So I love this card. Um, I built all these ridiculous decks that had like evolving wilds and like deserts, mm-hmm. Gitrog monster to you know get this whole thing fueling going. Filled it with aftermath cards so that I could mill myself and cast them from the graveyard and uh, Ramunab excavator to play lands from my graveyard and stuff. And, uh, I did okay with it. Like I took it, I, t- I kept taking it to PTQs, and my greatest strength was that nobody had any idea what I was doing. <laughs> They're like, but, "What the fuck <laughs> is this?" Dude? Like, what is that? And they'd be like, "Oh, you missed a trigger." I'm like, "No, no, crawling sensation only triggers on the first time it happens in a turn." They're like, "Oh, why are you playing that?" But uh, <laughs> no, no, uh, it's worse than you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not as good as you think. I would be busted, bro. Uh, <laughs> You know, he, I'd have like three more insects. Um, so, so when I'm going through this set, I see crawling infestation. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And I thought it was just like fixed crawling sensation because crawling sensation was just worded differently than this. Mm-hmm. It was like, instead of just saying this ability triggers only once each turn or whatever, it was like um, for the first time in the turn or something. Like it was worded oddly. So I was like, oh, they just fixed it. And I get my card back. And then I realized that this says only during your turn. And also it's about milling creature cards and not lands. So then I got really depressed. (laughs) I hate this card. (laughs) Yeah, so... But I thought... Do you want to? I thought re- it was cool, and it is not. Do you want to read Crawling Infestation so everyone knows why they should be upset by this? Uh, okay, so it's two and a green for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may mill two cards. Whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere during your turn, create a 1-1 one, one green insect creature token. This ability triggers only once each turn. Oof. Yuck. I don't Come like- on, man. I can't even, like, block and get a token. Yeah, I, I guess this is going to be pretty strong in the limited. Maybe I don't know. Probably not, but um, I this just can't be. No, it just can't sniff constructed play because they put too many riders on it. That's the classic thing. It, it, yeah, I, I this this card looks not good. I am not interested in it in the slightest. <laughs> but I was really excited by this card for a brief moment, and then I reread it and saw creature and during your turn and like and all this. Only mills two, and I was just like, all right, never mind. Yeah. Uh, um, but on the other side, to make up for it, they gave me Mulch, which is one of my other favorite cards oh, yeah? ever. <laughs> and so we have Mulch back, and that's that card is awesome. So I'm definitely going to be playing some Mulch decks. So Mulch, for those who have never played with this absolute banger and classic card, Sorcery, one and a green. Reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. All lands. All of them. This card is dope. 
And the art is pretty sick too. It's nice to have a, a new art for mulch. So. The only problem with mulch is it doesn't combo with crawling sensation because it doesn't put any of the lands in your graveyard. You, you got to take them off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, uh, yeah, so I went from super bummed about crawling infestation to super psyched about mulch, and now now we're in now we're in gear. I'm going to be trying to make a mulch deck work for the entirety of <laughs> its its stay in standard. Yeah, um, I did want to mention that this set. A lot of people talk about how guns don't belong in Magic because it's not mm-hmm. fantasy. However, there are certain cards that do show guns in magic so if you go back to like portal 2 and stuff you'll you'll see that but uh, we do have a chainsaw um which is coming out in the set i don't know if we've had a chainsaw before technically it's called a rip saw but we have uh, yeah. an equipment called spiked rip saw uh which is a chainsaw and i'm just like what is a, this big ass chainsaw it too. is it's <laughs> it's cutting a, a tree so i guess that you know, there is just it's for forestry really um that's why they have it yeah <laughs> it's not really about fighting monsters it's just about forestry because you um it's two and a green for uh, uh an equipment that has equipped cost three and it the creature that is equipped into it gets plus three plus three but then Whenever the creature that is equipped to it attacks, you can sacrifice a forest and then the creature gets trampled. Which makes sense because, you know, forestry, you cut down trees and then uh, you get stronger. Clears the way to charge You could run faster, I guess. um, Because there's no trees in the way. Uh, So, so yeah. Anyway, but like, hey, for all those people, the lore lore fanatics out there uh, getting mad about guns, well, we got a chainsaw now. So, getting closer. Where do you draw the line though? Like, is is cannons okay? Is that there's a ton? Like we've seen cannons and castles and stuff. There's a ton of cannons, like dragon fodder. There's like we've seen a a bunch of cannons before for sure. It's kind of just a big ass gun. Yeah, it's gunpowder, right? I mean, this what what powers this chainsaw? Like gasoline, probably or something. (laughs) Geist fluid is what it is. Something like that. I don't know. It's um, hand crank, man. Yeah, it's just a hand crank. I think it is, actually. Holy shit. Wait, no, you're right. Is it? Um, yeah, look in the picture. There's a hand crank. Holy crap. You're to the spot there on. There you go. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> never mind. There's no... <laughs> it's just a crank. <laughs> They're just cranking this chainsaw. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that was a poor design. That's the worst chainsaw ever. Okay, never mind. Maybe this is not really a chainsaw. It's just a weird thing. Um, <laughs> we got an, uh, Jesper Icing is the one that, that drew this, so we got to ask him, hey, is this just a hand yeah, cranked yeah. chainsaw? Is it a hand crank? It'd be so hard to like wield it and also turn your other hand. <laughs> <to> like... <laughs> because I think both of them move, so like, how do you hold it up? Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not meant for two armed people maybe there's like a hard yeah maybe it's for a three-headed person or like um <laughs> there's like a l- like goro could do this oh fuck it. goro that's what we need secret layer goro art on the ripsaw <laughs> and please give us a, a reprint of spiked ripsaw. I, I need a reprint of spiked ripsaw already i just saw it but i need a new art oh my god maybe we'll just get an alter of that one and put it up so um which reminds me, we stopped. We forgot to talk about during a gluttonous guest uh, why we wanted to talk about that card that makes blood specifically. But, I mean, obviously, 
gluttonous guest is Jeff and I. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're the we're the gluttonous guests at the party. Yeah, sure. th- so gluttonous—that's the person who just shows up to the wedding, barely knows anybody, but drinks all of the blood. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. That's that's like we're not going to crash the wedding to sleep with people. We're going there to drink all the free booze. Like that's what, that's the why. Yeah, yeah, we're we are not interested in anything else but all the booze at the wedding. So um, yeah. we are the gluttonous guests. <laughs> oh my! But now we have to turn to something a little sadder. Okay, and okay. this is quite a contentious issue, but it needs to be addressed. All right, let's do it. It's time. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read for you, Odric, blood cursed. Okay. So everyone knows Odric, of course, mm-hmm. absolute legend. I knew him Scott. as Odric, but for sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's gonna be called Odric for the <laughs> remainder of this reading, and uh, <laughs> Odric is one red white for a legendary creature vampire soldier. Do you remember him being a vampire? Definitely wasn't a vampire before. Vampire. He's a three three. When Odric Bloodcursed enters the battlefield, create X blood tokens, where X is the number of abilities from among flying, first strike, double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, metas, reach, trample, and vigilance. Found among creatures you control, count each ability only once. What's the deal with this card? Um, so this uh, solid body, three mana, three, three. And that's it. That's what it does. <laughs> so <laughs> people fucking hate this card and i couldn't believe what was happening and like you know twitter and just you know reddit and stuff and it's just like i couldn't actually find previews because there were too many threads of people complaining about odric mm-hmm. so i felt like i just needed to bring it up get to the bottom of it why, why do people hate this card so much i mean it's bad it's definitely bad yeah um i think what it is is that were you a big fan of odric odric in, uh, I don't know who that is, but... Uh, uh, you know who it is. Were you a big fan of the, all uh, the other Audric cards? Uh, big fan? No. Uh, I kind of remember they all had this similar thing where they cared about how many keywords you had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember any of them being good, but I guess maybe they're good in Commander. Kind of. One of them gives it so that it's keyword soup, so... Any, if any of your creatures have an ability that is one of those, it gives it to every other creature you have during your yeah, combat. Yeah, that's the one I remember. It's like, like the, is that the original? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's the second one. I actually can't remember. But they both do similar things like that. So the, this mm-hmm. one makes sense flavorfully with that stuff. And he also didn't have abilities before, right? I'm pretty sure he didn't have, like, did he have, wait, actually, we should know this. Does he have First Strike originally? Or, like, some ability. The, one of the reasons people are frustrated with him is that he doesn't even make a blood token when he enters no matter what. Do you know what I mean? Because he doesn't have an okay. ability on him. Yeah, okay, so the um, Master Tactician is the... Oh, can you freaking... So the one I remember... So Master Tactician was from, like, a core set. Yeah, M13. I remember the one from Shadows over Innistrad. Okay, so the first... And that's the one you were talking about. It's yes. just a 3-3, three, three, and it gives all the... Whatever ability you have, it gives it to all your creatures. It's keyword soup. And the first one, it makes it so that it has first strike, and then you get to decide who blocks if you attack with enough creatures. Um, so you okay, control... So that combat. one's not even, like, keyword relevant, I guess. Yeah, it just has first strike. It's just combat-centric. Mm-hmm. 
And so some people are mad the Sivan isn't like good enough or combat centric and blah, all this stuff. I don't know. Um, they all seem pretty bad to me. So it's like when people blew up, like how could they make Odric so bad? I'm like, or Odric, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, he's always been bad. What are you talking about? Exactly. That's the thing. Like he's not good. The one thing that you should be upset about with this card is that where's the love to Skulk? What's going on? Why, why don't you yeah, get a the, blood token they, for Skulk creatures? I know. That was what's devastating for me is yeah. like, man, they're really, they're telling us that they're ditching Skulk. Honestly, like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, but no, like, I don't know. I, I think it's cool that they took an old character and made him a vampire. I know that this was one of yeah. Morrow's, like, uh, teaser things and everyone thought it was going to be Thalia. Um, but it's Audric, which is great. Um, and I'm glad he, they, if they did this to Thalia... You know, if they if they took a Thalia and made her imagine like, this card was just called Thalia Blood Curse, then people would have a right to be pissed. Because they'd be like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this? Has nothing to do. This fucking sucks." You know, um, we're really if it was Thalia, it would probably be like a maybe it would be like a a three one that says whenever your opponent casts a non creature spell, you get a blood token. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not trying to make up cards, but. <laughs> in any case um i did want to talk about audric with this i mean uh, yeah. the card aside a lot of people are frustrated um i feel very blah about it because i also it's have similar another, i have similar feelings to you another like, card, in the, card in the long line of bad yeah bad audric cards. okay the other one like maybe the middle one's the best one but or the most fun but for the most part i'm like eh, whatever mm-hmm. lore wise shot time about to take a shot. So, okay. Audric gets turned into a vampire by, I'm assuming, Olivia Voldaren because he's been mm-hmm. fighting these zombies for a long time. Eventually, she's like, you know what? I want you on my side because I don't have to deal with your fucking righteous shit. There are two <laughs> paths this could go. Some people are saying that he's like a half vampire and that he's, he's like Blade and he's going to kill the vampires. So he is vampire, but he's still fighting the vampires. Um, gotcha. I don't think that's very compelling. I'm not interested in that storyline very much. I'm much more interested in a new evil Audric that we have similar ties with Soren and um, Avicen, and he has to be killed by Thalia in this set. That's what I want. I shots. I am taking a shot, okay. saying that Thalia will kill Audric. Maybe not in this set, but she's going to kill Audric. I'm looking forward to our Drunken Vorthos episode then to find out if you're right about that. Because uh, that's my shot. You heard it here, folks. Thalia <laughs> kills Audric. It happens. How- is this going to drop like the day after they release the story where that happened? <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever believe me. All right. So I wanted to take a shot. And All right. You've taken two and I've taken none. I've taken so, so many shots. Like, Jeff, I'm so ahead like the of The pregame is a little lopsided here. Yeah. It, it, so I'm going to read a really important card next. Okay. Markov Purifier. All right. This is one white black for a 2 3 lifelink. Beginning of your end step. If you gained life this turn, you may pay two. You do draw a card. Can you guess why I'm reading this one? No. <laughs> You're like, no, what the fuck? All right, here's my shot. You ready for it? Okay. Black-white will be the best color pair in draft. Okay. All right. All right. I like that shot. 
Yeah. Let's, let's get behind it now, folks. <laughs> okay, so... All right, black, white being the, the best? Int- uh, yeah. Okay, do you have reasons? Because I'm interested in reasons. I do. Okay. So, <clears throat> I think a lot of the, the mechanics themselves tend to push you towards aggression a little bit. So, mm-hmm. I think the new aura approach to... Um, uh, the Disturb deck. Disturb mechanic makes it a little more aggressive. It wants to kill you in the air pretty quickly with flyers by attaching auras to them. Uh, obviously, daybound, nightbound, and training are both pretty aggressive mechanics. Blood tokens are a bit more grindy, but they, I think they're going to be used as like ways to finish the game. So you get in with your early vampires and then somehow like use your blood tokens to push in the last mm-hmm. bunch of damage. Exploit is grindy, but... Um, and cleave is like, it depends on the card. It's not inherently yeah. one or the other, really. So to me, that just seems like it's going to be a fairly fast format. And I think just having all of these cards that incidentally gain you life as part of your game plan is going to be very powerful. Mm-hmm. People never fail to underestimate gaining life when it's tacked on to something. Yeah. Incidental life gain. Yeah. So I'm calling it now. This looks like an aggressive format where you're going to want the life gain deck if you can get it. I can see that. Plus the removal is best in those two colors. That's true. Uh, that is very true. All right. Um, we'll have to see what goes on. I don't know if I'm like completely on board yet, um, but I am interested to see. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a shot, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it was definitely out there, um, which I liked. Uh, I have... I have another. Sh- I'm gonna take. I'm taking so many. I don't know how many another shots one. you're gonna take in this pregame, <laughs> but this is my third and final shot. I'm taking my third shot. Okay. Maybe my fourth. Uh, I mean, I took another shot earlier. I can't even remember all the shots I take <laughs> at this point. Took in. Yeah, classic. I've taken so many shots. Um, <clears throat> but here we go. You've taken so many, you can't even remember how Odric is pronounced. Yeah, Odric is just. <laughs> um. Anyway, okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Azorius Auras will be part of the meta in Standard. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I'm not going to say that it's top tier because it's not, it's not a tier one deck for sure. Um, but I think it's going to make enough of an impact that it will be part of the, the meta that you have to think about because it may rise up. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Cool. So Maybe that's I my hope shot. you're wrong, but... It's going to be my... I'm going to build that deck, and it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Make it happen. I mean, you do have that, like, blue creature that sort of uh, does it, right? So um, it sort of does the thing. It does the thing. It's called Storm Chaser Drake, okay? It's one in a blue for a 2-1 Drake with flying, and whenever Storm Chaser Drake becomes the target of a spell you control, you, control, you get to draw a card. Um, this is going to be the linchpin of the deck, and I hope no one remembers that you can it just has one toughness that's what i i hope no one remembers (laughs) spike field hazard it's not great that the best deck has (laughs) already a a way to kill it so but any deck that has wash away i think will be interesting that i'm taking more shots am i taking another shot just kidding i'm not gonna take another one i just wanted to talk about this is wash away gonna be like like who hates blue more than blue it feels like blue hates blue the most. Do you know what I mean? 
Like, Wash Away's yeah. another blue card that hates <laughs> blue cards. <laughs> Mostly, right? Like, so Wash Away is what we read it earlier, yeah. but if you don't remember, it counters a spell that wasn't cast from its owner's hand for one, or just counters a spell for one blue, blue. Yeah. Which, like, in my mind, this kind of look, it reminds me of. The one from Eldraine that um, only costs one if it's targeting a blue spell and it makes um, them pay three more. Right. Um, I don't remember the name of that card, but... Mystical Dispute. Mystical Dispute. Ugh. Anyway, it kind of reminds me of that because this card immediately made me think of Alrin's Epiphany, which obviously Alrin's Epiphany just means you, because of this card existing, it means they'll just have to be off by one mana because they won't want to play into it so maybe they'll have to wait an extra turn and just play orange epiphany yeah. from their hand um so that's not exceptional but um it does have that feel of like hey what are all the the foretell cards being played right now blue disturb cards yeah. blue you know it's just like so I was thinking of this chord like this just made me think of Noriyuki Mori's deck because all I want to do is play Paolo, make you pay two more for your card, and then counter it for one. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Wait. Wait, I love that so much. This card's going to be great. I'm, I think Wash Away is going to be awesome. Um, and I was just thinking about it when I saw it spoiled. And there's a lot of stuff like... Uh, if, you know, Showdown of the Scalds finds its way back into the metagame, that's a thing. Anything with Flashback, mm -hmm. obviously, or Disturb. Again, that's mostly blue stuff at this point, but you never know. Exactly. Um, the Apollo Synergy is my favorite one. I just want to play Blue Light and just tempo you out and like, with this card. <laughs> Flyers, but... And then, obviously, having, like, a cancel at worst means... Just like you were saying with Mystical Dispute, like a lot of the time you just disputed stuff for full cost because mm -hmm. you're like, well, it still counters their spell. Like, exactly. I know it's not a card I would play if it didn't have the reduction clause, but it's still fine. Yeah, and it could be spots. main deckable just to make sure that people don't get their Mamley Deluges off from the graveyard. So, totally. Like, pouring, when you only have one land open, like pouring seven mana into this flashback spell just to like get it nuked by this wash away. Or I guess get it washed away by this wash away uh, the also the yeah. art on the card makes it kind of look like Alrind and the birds are in it you know what i mean like it already makes you yeah, think of that true. card so um yeah that's obviously the most obvious one is by the time you know Alrind's is if they're casting it from their hand you can probably cleave this and if they're not then you had this so. exactly um but anyway oh, man i am so tired from all the shots I've just taken. Uh, Jeff, do you have any more shots? <laughs> yeah, I had another one. You brought us into the realm of standard. Mm -hmm. And so I, I alluded to this earlier, and now I just want to make it official. And I'm going to say that Tribal will be infiltrating the standard metagame after this set. I think I want to say there will be at least one Tier 1 Tribal deck and at least one Tier 2. So like one that you'll see all the time mm -hmm. and one that will pop up and be good but and maybe a good metagame choice if chances if the circumstances allow for it um, but not you know wouldn't be considered one of the best decks in the format uh, and that leads me to one of the cards I'm so happy just so happy to see in the set which is Voldaren Estate mm -hmm. okay, okay so 
We've com we've been complaining, at least I have, for a while, about how they just make tribal lands so bad these days. Like, what was the one that was the party land? Oh, and it was just offensive how bad it was. It, like, entered the battlefield tapped, and then you had to, like, pay one to filter mana with it for party cards Yeah, or it was base shit. camp, was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is this card so bad? Like, were they worried that party decks would run rampant across the adventures metagame? And, like, like no, party decks are not going to do that, even if they have a good land. Um, but Voldaren Estate is a land, taps to add a colorless, or you can tap it and pay a life to add one ma one man of any color for vampires. Or you can pay five, tap it, and create a blood token. And that costs one less for each vampire you control. Like, finally, we're looking at a land that can just cast all of the vampire spells, you know, whenever they want it. They have to pay a bit of life, but still, it's like a city of brass kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, which is not the worst. And then extra, you know, late game pushing power coming from your land is always huge, so... Um, Finally, a good good land, so I guess I could even amend my shot, take a take a sub-shot, and say that the tier one deck will be vampires. Okay. All right. I like that shot. Um, mm -hmm. The tribal thing, I... Th vampires will be tier one, and then either, like, zombies or spirits or werewolves or something will be tier two. Yeah. I'm going to say it's probably zombies, but I am on board with this shot for you. Um, that's great. I don't think it's going to be vampires. I do like this land, there are some cool vampires. I, we might have to do a deeper dive into that later on as things progress. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we'll do like... Plus, don't a, forget, Florian is a dope card. He just... Nobody's just has... He doesn't have a home yet. But. That's true. Florian is very cool. Um, I think the newest vampire that I like the most is like the red uh, one from that Mythic Cycle. Um, the Cemetery oh, Gatekeeper. yeah, the Cemetery Cycle... Yeah, that's a good card. Yeah, so Cemetery Gatekeeper is one in red for a 2-1 vampire with First Strike. And when it enters the battlefield, you get to exile a card from a, your, from a graveyard. And whenever a player plays a land or casts a spell, if it shares a card type with the exiled card, Cemetery Gatekeeper deals two damage to that player. Um, oh, that's a beating. Yeah. Lands. So does this mean Evolving Wilds is more important? because if you turn one or like do you not want to play evolving wilds because then your cemetery gatekeeper could get you yeah well i mean with the cemetery gatekeeper do you play evolving wilds so you can name land i think it's still two? too much of a drawback to have to not play one drops right that's but... true because you do have uh falcon wrath pit fighter uh, from the last mm -hmm. set is the is the uh, savannah lions which I would I right. wanted to play so a little bit of random vampire upside. Yeah, so you get to sacrifice vampires and draw cards, but um, I don't know. This card seems awesome. The whole gatekeeper, uh, or sorry, not the gatekeeper. The whole cemetery cycle seems pretty sweet. Um, yeah, but this one it seems unreal to me. It's just <laughs> it is surp yeah. it's surprising to me that um, the cemetery creatures are so strong. Uh, while being locked in the cemetery isn't strong at all. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's just because you get owned by whatever's in there already. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you, in, in draft, like, if you get locked in the cemetery, you're, you're fine. Like, you don't actually mm -hmm. die or anything. But in this set, it's like, no, if you're in the cemetery, you're, there's some scary things there. Like... Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um... 
But anyway, we we will be talking. A Maybe all those things became everything that got locked in the cemetery turned into one of these things. Oh shit! They, like they trained up because they were bored. So you're saying that the uh, cemetery desecrator is the guy from locked in the cemetery? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the guy that got locked in the cemetery. Holy shit! <laughs> and he was saying that he wasn't a zombie, but he was a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh anyway um i think those are our shots right i i'm, I'm i feel like i took a lot of shots today yeah yeah i so, only took like two but. i took like four it's fine you know i just got to make sure we all like balance out it's like good you know it's all good yeah yeah um just in case nobody was counting but uh i am pretty stoked for this wedding and uh, i can't wait for this up to come out um i have to yeah, work all too. weekend, which I'm pretty pissed about, but I'm going to be playing it uh, every other chance that I get. Doesn't so. your boss know that there's a wedding you have to go to? Uh, you should just tell him, sorry, I have a wedding. I got a wedding. I can't, I can't come into work. Sorry, it's a vampire wedding. So they will come to my house and suck my blood if I don't go. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, 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 you know, I kind of, uh, I kind of got to go. Um, but anyway, I think they're... Uh, there is a film, film, <laughs> there's a little video that's going to come out on Thursday that will be, uh, uh, or sorry, the day this episode comes out, there, there's a film that you already watched. Right now, go check it out. Go, go look at uh, the little uh, short film that was made um, to uh, be hyped about the set. Um, a lot of people are saying this, but I think this set is very exciting for... I, compared to what we've seen the last couple uh, sets, I'm this one has my blood pumping a lot more than the other ones. Yeah, Get it? this one, this set looks great. Get it? Because oh, I oh I got it. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah, I just tried to move right on. Ah, you gotta give me something, man! Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this set looks great though. I'm super excited. Hopefully, the limited format plays out well with black white being the best deck in the format, and then. We'll be just wait. It's going to be werewolves in the vampire set. Just wait. <laughs> you know what? I'd be okay with that. Werewolves got shafted so bad last set. They deserve a little love. Can they at least be... Maybe that's another one. You know? Werewolves will be playable. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a long shot. But... That's a yeah, it's pretty bad. But uh, All right. Yeah. Um, with that, Jeff, I think we're ready for last call. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Wrap, wrap it up. Wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right. <laughs> Jeff, it's that time. Are you ready for the big reveal? Wait. Wait. Now I'm ready. Okay, all right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey! <laughs> Bernice, who flipped the canasta table. I was hoping mine would be better so that, you know, we wouldn't have to do two eight percenters. But, uh... I... Was I, I feel like I was going to 100% pick the 8%er just because, you know, it's a pregame. Um, That's true. But, but, like, I was kind of thinking there's going to be booze at the wedding, you know? So that's where you're we, wrong. We want to make sure we can get as much of our free booze as possible. Yes, I think, but the fact that we're going to the, um, the vampire wedding, there's going to be a lot of blood. So we'll be drinking a lot of blood. We'll get our iron up, right? That'll be nice. Um, but maybe not as much booze as we wanted. Um, I was thinking about that. Oh, come on. I'm sure 
you know, Olivia's invited a lot of non-vampire folk to her wedding. She knows that they'll want some booze. Did she, though? I don't think she did. Yeah, she invited everyone. She, like, she like stormed in, stole their moon silver key, killed, killed their witch. No, they did kill the like, witch. Hey. And then was like, hey, everyone, come to my wedding. So... I feel like that was an I, earnest invite. I don't think that was an invite. I thought she was just saying that she was going to her. She was like, oh, I have so much planning to do to go to my wedding. I didn't. I thought she was just kind of rubbing it in their faces. Hmm. Anyway, I don't really remember. All I know is Catilda is 100% dead because she's a spirit in this, uh, this new set. Um, <clears throat> but before we get into the beers, Jeff, do we have one more shot that we're taking? Not really a shot we're taking. It's what we're we're planning on. Are we really planning to do this? I'm gonna do it. We have decided over the beer rake uh, yes. that if our shots actually come true, we will take shots for each shot that comes true when yeah. they happen. We're not gonna do them if we were wrong because I mean that would just be too many shots. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and it would all towards me because I took way too many shots. Um, you take a shot if you're right. The moment yeah. that you're right, too, right? Right. And that'll incentivize us to try to make correct predictions as well. Exactly. Because, obviously, if you don't know anything about us, we want the booze. It's not a punishment. Yeah. Like, when you right. when we play beer pong, it's frustrating when you don't have an opponent that's good because you don't get to drink any <laughs> beer. It's really irritating. Um, you know, when I, I spent some time in Europe, and it felt like the European drinking games, drinking was a like reward and in american drinking games it's where it's the punishment so it's just yeah. like kind of opposite philosophies there but i need to go to I europe enjoy then. those european drinking games yeah yeah if you remember any of those we should play some of those sometime because i would be on board oh there's a really good one it's great for camping but it needs like teams because it involves mm. kind of yeah but uh four people it was, it was right great. that's enough that's two four, teams yeah, we can two. make that work yeah, yeah, yeah. right um <laughs> Anyway, Jeff, let's talk about the beers that we brought this evening and the one that won. Um, but first, of course, we have a rating system for our beers, and they are the tiers in Arena. Hmm. Think on that. Yeah, that's nice. Um, we do uh, want to remind you that this has no reflection on how you are doing in Arena. If you are in whatever tier you're in, that's great. We just like to rate beers this way because it's fun, but we don't... We, we're not saying these things to you for being in whatever tier you're in. Correct. With that being said, bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. You hate mm -hmm. them. Um, they, you want them out of your life immediately. And we haven't ever yeah. rated a beer bronze on the show. So I know. we got to get some bronzes in here. Do we, though? Uh, Do just we? To, just to show that they exist. <laughs> I don't know if I want to subject myself to that. But um, <laughs> yeah. if you... Yeah, we're talking about this recently. It's like we've never had a bronze on the show. And that's because you encounter them in the wild. And then you never want to drink them again. So we don't bring them on the show. Yeah, I know exactly which ones they are. And I specifically avoid them. So... Right. <laughs> but just, for those listening, you know, it's been a year and there have been no bronze beers. They do exist. They yes, do exist. they do. All right, silver. These are macro brews, or basically nothing going on. They're just kind of plain. Yeah. Gold beers are fine, but you don't really think about drinking them again. Platinum, you know, kind of the reverse edge of that coin. It's solid, and you do think about it, you would drink it again. Mm -hmm. 
And Diamond is exceptional, and you would recommend this to one of your friends. Right. And Mythic, these are the best of the best. You would recommend them to pretty much anyone. Somebody's at the store, even even sniffing in the area around this beer, you're going to be like, hey, whoa, 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 you need to get that one. Yeah. So let's move. Let's talk about Bernice, uh, our kindly visitor. What's her name? What is that card mm-hmm. called? <laughs> Ancestor. Kindly. Ancestor. Ancestor. So uh, she is a feisty old lady, and she flips the canasta table. Part of the reason why I picked this beer was because my mom, her family's game is canasta. So I learned how to play canasta. I've played it for my whole life, and um, I'm a big fan. It's probably one of my favorite non-trading card card games. Um, okay. So that's part of why I was like, oh, <laughs> like absolutely, I got to take this. Um, I don't even know what it is. I think I'd had heard of it and, you know, like, it's like Canasta, right? It's a card game. Like, mm-hmm. I knew it was a card game, but... Uh, yeah. It's, uh, know about it. it's like a team-based uh, uh, pile-taking game, kind of. Um, at some okay. point, I'll, I'll teach you how to play at one point, because it's really fun, sure. and, and you play with teams, so it's best with four people, so... Um, like uh, Euchre. Uh, yeah, uh, so it's not really like Euchre because it's not a trick-taking game. This is like a um, uh, you're working together to to complete a set of something. Um, so it takes a little bit longer than Euchre does, but it is a blast. We're not talking about Canasta though. I just want I just want you to know that Canasta is my favorite card game. We're actually starting a Canasta podcast. Uh, we really <laughs> want to start drumming up some attention. Yeah, it's it called now. the Canasta Regulars and we play Canasta <laughs> yeah. regularly. Um, no, anyway, so Bernice, um, this is just uh, fun with that. I liked there's a little a tail on the side which is kind of explaining why she is uh, flipping the table, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but overall, the taste of the beer, Jeff, what did you think about it? Um, I liked this beer. I thought it was pretty good. Um, you can definitely taste the citra hops. That's what kind of comes out to me. Uh, citra Mm -hmm. always kind of stands out to me amongst other hops though. Um, and yeah, it's definitely an East coast double IPA as advertised. Um, it tastes good. I think honestly, I think my first sip was kind of. Like, mm, I don't know if I liked that. And then as it mm-hmm. slowly came over me, it was nice. I don't know if you noticed through the whole show, obviously, but like, <laughs> this what this made it for me, honestly. Um, I would definitely drink this again. Uh, I, I believe I just found out it's a limited time only. So uh, I didn't know there this go. going into it, but uh, maybe I have to go snag up a few six packs of this so I have some. Uh, because I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I liked this quite a bit. Yeah, so one thing I'll say is that this is boozy, and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't try to hide that. Like, no. You take your first sip, and you're like, whew, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's 8%. I definitely don't mind that. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes the alternative of you get these beers that are 8.5%, and you take a sip, and it tastes like candy or something, you're like, uh-oh, like... <laughs> This is going to be dangerous because I'm going to finish this too fast and yeah. have another one. And then uh, so on. And I actually like just don't mind it if if it tastes a big beer, tastes a little boozy. I think I think that's totally fine. So that probably reflects what you're describing where the first sip is like, uh oh. And then yeah. after you've kind of your palate's opened up to it, 
you're just like, oh, no, actually, this is really good. Yeah. It, um, and I definitely had a similar experience, but I was walked up to it because I had the, the logger to start. Yeah. And I had nothing beforehand, so it was just like, bam. And I had a bunch of different hop flavors in my mouth. But, um, no, I and I think I like this better than the other stuff I've had from Refined Fool. So, um if this is new, I was like, a fan of their like the Zane avocado bag, right? Like yeah. that was the champagne yes, yeast one, and that... it really got that champagne quality from it, which I thought was cool. Yeah. So these uh, folks over in um, where are they at? Sarnia, Sarnia. Ontario. Um, they seem great. Yeah, it's where uh, Steven Stamkos is from. For anyone I... following their uh, fantasy hockey right now. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I am not. Sorry, I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> Though my fantasy hockey team is doing You probably haven't played against well. him yet then because he gotcha. really fucking lit me up in week one. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, fantasy, fantasy hockey aside, uh, as that's mm-hmm. not what we talk about most of the time, uh, I'm happy with this. Um, Jeff, where do you put this? All right, so for me, this was a classic border case. Yeah. Um, I have it between platinum and, and diamond, actually. Yes, that, that's, the, that's the border I'm at as well. I'm just going to put this in diamond, though. Okay. I agree. Um, I love the name. I love the face on the can. It drew me in immediately. And the beer is so solid. And I would be like, hey, that's a funny can, but it's really good, though. Like Totally. And the fact that I was thinking, oh, if this is limited release, I want to get more, that says a Mm -hmm. lot. So I never want to hold on to beers. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like, oh, well, I could, but like... I rarely want to hold something for a special occasion. And this might be the one where, like I sent a picture of this to my mom um, mm-hmm. and my dad, just because Canast is a, a game in our family. They don't really, they wouldn't enjoy this and they don't drink this, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, like this is something my, my mom might be okay with it. It's It would be a bit strong for, mm-hmm. I don't think my dad would like this beer. But. Yeah. Um, all right. Diamond for Bernice. Love it. Uh, you're giving me life link uh, as my kindly ancestor, Bernice. I love it. All right. <clears throat> Let's move on to the uh, the beer you brought, the Vienna Lager. Um, yeah. So Hills Vienna Lager. Uh, it's a well-made lager. It came out like it's a beautiful color. Uh, yeah. It's it's kind of like darker than I thought. I was gonna thought it was going to be a bit more like pay, like golden, I guess. And it came out kind of like a darker like dark golden like brownish yeah. tint to it uh which was really cool um it tasted fine but at the end of the day i mean there just wasn't that much there really that's really interesting um because i feel differently i was mm-hmm. very surprised by this i don't know if it's because i was uh, like already eight percent deep but when I tasted this, I was I was ready for like a strict downgrade from uh, Bernice, and mm-hmm. I was surprised that the body of this was strong. Like it it held up the nutty and honey notes that it's saying that it has were came through, and the color was beautiful, and it it just it definitely was uh, bigger than I thought. I thought it would just kind of feel like a little thin. And kind mm-hmm. of weak, but um, of Vienna lagers, I've tried a couple different ones. This one was probably my favorite that I've had of Vienna lagers, so I was okay. pleasantly surprised by that. I don't know how many Vienna lagers I've tried to be honest. Like, 
vloggers in general is a you know style where the sub styles mm-hmm. i i can claim almost no like understanding really of that yeah because I, I try so few loggers I, I think uh ace hill had a vienna logger and there are a couple other people that i've tried some of theirs and i've always been like eh, i don't know i don't really like it but like the nutty notes have a hint of like the brown nails that i like or the ambers so it felt mm-hmm. like like a amber light you know um, yeah, I guess like I was like a, comparing it to that, like a brown or ale mm-hmm. or an amber ale, and then I'm just like it just feels fl- like flat to me. Yeah, from it's, that, yeah, uh, because it reference it, point exactly. No, I, I see what you're saying. Where it isn't up to the standards of the brown ales and the ambers that we love, but for a lager that I would normally not go for, I like this. Um, I just think it's pretty solid. Like I would say uh, platinum for this guy. Good job. Okay, I was gonna give it gold. Okay. Because, because like fine, but probably won't drink it again. Kind of matches exactly what how I felt. That's but. true. I I think I I see it higher where I might uh, I I would probably pick this up before any other of these. And like if I had um, somebody that likes loggers that might not be in the other game, I might be able to convince them to try one of these. Okay. Um, yeah, that'd be. But at the same time, I am drinking this through 8% goggles. So um, it could be completely different uh, <laughs> on another day. Um, so that does, you know, obviously we, we drink beers at, at the different times of the episode. So Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely liked it. And I, if Caledon Hills will do an ale, mm-hmm. you know, at some point, I'll be, I'll be right on trying that. Yeah. That, that, then that'll be a, like something I'll feel more comfortable actually measuring how good a brewery they are by. That's true, yeah. But uh, great. So anyway, great beers tonight. We're flipping tables. We're pre-gaming. We're getting ready for the <laughs> wedding. But before that, it's closing time already. Oh, so sad. Oh. What a fun episode. This was great. Um, yeah, I had a great time. You can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram to give us beer recommendations or just talk or do whatever you want to do. Yeah, explain to me. What I'm missing about Vienna Loggers, how I'm, I'm being a, a dunce here, and I'll keep my eye out for all of the tasting notes you recommend. <laughs> also, you might find us on MTG Arena. Our username is Arena Regulars Podcast. Uh, we might be playing Blue White Auras and Standard, apparently, so uh, look out for that. Uh, probably because I think that the deck's not going to use very many wild cards. So, uh, (laughs) also whenever I make that deck list, I will be posting it to the places. So if you're interested in playing some jank, uh, come hit me up because I'll be, uh, getting that out there. If you want to talk to me about how you think Azorius Ores is trash, uh, I would love to block you on all social platforms so find me at zulberg <laughs> on instagram and twitter that's z-e-u-l-b-e-r-g but jeff where can they find you i just want to say first of all that i've tried that so many times and he's never once blocked me guys i'm i'm, I'm really trying to get blocked but it's not easy so. <laughs> you gotta be pretty persistent uh i'm on twitter as well blues brews mtg b-l-u-e-s-b-r-e-w-s-m-t-g and please review us on all the places that you can review us uh mainly itunes spotify stitcher all the places that you follow us make sure you are following us or you're listening to us uh find us on youtube uh we will have some more stuff this month 
So keep an eye out for that. And um, yeah, we just, we would like to hear your feedback. This has been the Arena Regulars, reminding you... Zach, Zach, I don't think we have time for this, man. What? We're going to be late for this wedding. Oh my god, oh my god. Oh, okay. We gotta go. Good night. All right, that's fine.